Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deep left into the bleachers, a two-run homer. A swing and a miss, ball game. Lift off. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. The Cleveland Indians are terrible now. No, they're, well, they're kind of terrible. Of course, this is Dan Kadar, and I'm joined by Ryan Lewis, as always. Here on Leading Off, we'll talk about the Indians. Ryan, since last we talked, things turned for the worst for the Indians. They've lost seven of their last eight games, and against the teams that they're going to be measured against this season, the Oakland Athletics, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Boston Red Sox, who the Indians are still in a series with, Tonight we are recording at 4.30, 4.45 rather, on Monday. So if anybody's catching us later in the week, that's when we're putting this together. Um, Ryan, I don't want to talk about what happened with the Indians losing 7 of 8, but we can talk about the situation that they're in right now and the, the topic du jour, which is if they're, the Indians are buyers or sellers. So the Indians currently are 26 and 27. That is 10 games out of first place behind the, I guess you could call them, much better than expected Minnesota Twins. Uh, They're two and a half games out of the wild card race right now. But it it does feel like doom and gloom, because again, seven out of eight. Um, So if someone, a professional journalist, if you will, asked you, Ryan Lewis, a fellow professional journalist, (laughs) will the Cleveland Indians be buyers or sellers? Which one should they be? How would you answer that? I think they're going to, you know, as as Christian and Eddie often says, I think they're going to explore all avenues. Um, you know, sitting here before June first, I do think it's it's a little too early to to need to make a declaration about what you're going to do. Um, but the the interesting thing with the Indians is not necessarily what they would want to do or how they might want to align their chips. In a certain way, they've, they've sort of almost backed themselves into a corner with how they have planned this contention window. You know, and for, for a long time, they've been aligning their chess pieces up and aligning their resources to be able to compete in, you know, X, Y, Z seasons. And because of that, because they've, they've signed certain guys to, at times, aggressive long-term deals, yeah. um, other times there have been shorter deals, the way that they have aligned everything, I don't think there are... You know, too many pieces that where they could deal, where they can kind of sit in in the middle of the road. You know, certain guys that you, you know, if, if you trade a Francisco Lindor, um, that is a total rebuild signaling move. That's not, hey, we're we're out of it right now, so we're going to try to move some pieces around. Um, and and several guys like Lindor 
are still under club control through 2021 or through 2022. That's several seasons of control that you still have. Um, you know, so I, I do think that they will be looking, you know, at, at selling a, a piece or two. I think that their options, if they want to uh, perhaps move a piece or two and compete, uh, possibly this season, possibly next season, possibly want to continue this line of contention that they've, you know, carefully tried to sort of mold and craft over the last couple of years. I, I think there may be a situation where deciding to do something and finding the right trade partner is going to be, you know, much easier said than done. Um, so, you know, I, they're, they're entering a situation where you know, they're kind of tipping the scales in terms of which way they might go. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to watch. They have a tough stretch in their schedule right now. You know, sure, it's valid to say, you know, more than 100 games remain. And despite the injuries in the rotation, despite Jose Ramirez's struggles, despite the offense slump that's been going on the entire season, they still maintain roughly a 500 record. And you can say that. That's, there is some validity to that. But this team's issues are, are much more deep-rooted than that. And things have continued to trend the wrong direction. So I think in the next couple of weeks, they'll have a lot more clarity about which direction they want to go. But I also think that it, it, it may be a situation where you know, they're locked into certain pieces longer term and, you know, moving them might not, might not bring the, the positive effect that they want. Yeah. Isn't, isn't this what the Indians face like the most difficult decision out of the three of blow everything up and rebuild, trade everything and make a push. And the hardest one is what could be in front of them try and maintain while smartly trading some players and bringing players back while still competing. Isn't that the, by far the most, the hardest of the three of those options? Yeah, because I, I don't think they have a clear path right now. And I'm not, I think they'd, they'd love to be able to take advantage of option three there, which is maybe trade a piece or two if needed, if they find the right value, uh, something that may not, uh, you know, terribly hurt their chances this season to, to try to climb back into things once the rotation's healthy, if Jose Ramirez can break out of the slump, um, you know, while also uh, potentially benefiting them next year, 2021, 2022, etc. I, I, I think that they would love to, to be able to do something like that, but I also think that their options are somewhat limited in terms of the trades that they can make at this point to kind of, uh, you know, hold that balance that they've tried to do. And now, I can't remember if we specifically talked about it on the podcast or not, uh, but I know I wrote about it once or twice uh, leading up to the season. Actually, I think two or three times leading up uh, before opening day. And it's, it's basically a situation where, you know, this team had had its goals in mind in the offseason, which was to trim payroll, to uh, try to realign resources, to try to extend this contention window. And it's something where, you know, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff I think it's been in a somewhat tough spot for you know quite some time, just trying to operate a lower market baseball franchise and and the, the financial constraints that kind of come with that. But you know, um, trying to extend this contention window while also having to cut payroll, I think it's just kind of put them into a difficult spot. And it's, actually, I have the perfect analogy today. It's been it's storming right now in Strongsville. <laughs> it's been raining off and on all day. I have some errands to run. Uh, park at the bank. Uh, to, to run in there real quick and for, for a minute the rain stopped and the sun broke through so I just walk in and I do what I need to do as I'm coming back out it starts to downpour again and I've got to walk to my car in the rain it's a situation where I chose not to bring 
the extra insurance of an umbrella into the bank with me, and I didn't have it when things didn't go how I had planned. It's the same situation that the unions kind of put themselves in by not making that key secondary move, following the trades that freed up some money. You know, that... That's kind of what I wrote at the time, is that the value there was in the second, the secondary move that they could make, but it never was made. And there's some validity in waiting until the trade deadline, so you know what you have, guys may take steps forward, on and on, but you leave yourself exposed, which has been the main point, to a, a potential situation like this, and the Indians are, are kind of having to deal with it now, and you know, over the next couple of weeks, they may find themselves in, in an even worse spot, and uh, maybe forced into a move or two. Mm. Well, that was a wonderful analogy on this uh, <laughs> bad weather day that we've got going on here. That, that was very good. Well, I mean, that, look, that, that's all correct, but it, it still begs the question of if the Indians become a selling team, or I guess you would call it a, a moderate selling team, if you will, the players that they would sell... Um, you mentioned, you know, Francisco Lindor is probably not one of those players. The Indians have him under control for what two more years with arbitration after this season. Yeah, through he's under control through 2021. And if you if you deal with Francisco Lindor now, that's a total 100% rebuild signal. And you know that uh, essentially what should follow in that situation is the selling off of every asset on the team. You know, he's. He's one of the true superstars in the game right now, um, and if you if you deal that piece now, that's you know that's basically um, you know punting on this contention window from here on out. Yeah, that would really doom the team. So, besides Francisco Lindor, who obviously they would get a massive bounty for, I just don't think they're going to trade him, and they they shouldn't. If you had to say this guy is the best trade asset for the Indians right now, who would that player be? Yeah, and I, I think the guy who, you know, if you want to add to it, like, makes the most sense of who may be moved, I think it is Trevor Bauer, mm. um, a guy who the Indians were, were looking to trade in the offseason along with Corey Kluber, although considering Kluber's uh, arm is broken right now, that's, that's probably not going to happen for quite some time. And, um, so, you know, so Trevor Bauer's kind of left as the guy who isn't under club control for a terribly long time. He's only under club control through next season, and he's, you know, uh, probably going to get a, a sizable raise depending on how he finishes the season in his last year of arbitration, who also has a, a higher uh, trade value just in terms of performance and track record. So he's the guy that kind of fits the mold if the Indians were going to move. Uh, somebody of that you know, stature. Mm-hmm. You know, Carlos Santana could be you know, next on, on that list. Uh, people have talked about Brad Hand. It does make sense if, you know, if the Indians choose to sell to deal a reliever to a contending team. However, they just acquired Brad Hand, and he's he's under club control for several seasons, uh, you know, past 2019. So I think Trevor Bauer is the one that could probably, uh, you know, net you the, the highest bounty, while also not necessarily diminishing your your, you know, the Indians' desire to extend this contention window far beyond 2019. Uh, the issue is, you know, you're, you're obviously going to have to have Clevenger and Kluber back healthy, and you're going to have to make sure that you're okay with whoever takes uh, Clevenger's spot in the rotation. Uh, Yefi Rodriguez um, has had a, a couple of nice starts and a couple of recent starts that, that haven't been quite as sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Indians are throwing Zach Plesak, uh in tonight's game. 
uh, Tuesday night in Boston. So, you know, it's a situation where the Indians are going to have to just figure out if their depth is something that, that they can deal with or if you bring back a, a pitcher in the Bauer deal along with a, a secondary asset. You know, so it's, it, I just don't think that the list of options are terribly long to where the Indians, you know, can make a trade that they'd like to make um, for a piece that isn't, uh, you know, under club control for several seasons. And the front office has been very careful to, you know, kind of craft that type of a situation. But it also makes it a little more difficult to where there aren't as many obvious trade candidates on this roster. Um, so as the Indians make their decision, you know, Bauer's the one who, you know, he said he wants to sign one-year deals. Uh, he's only under club control for a, a 1.5 more seasons. So he's the guy from a talent level and a situation level that might make the most sense. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. It's it's quick and easy to say, hey, the Indians should be sellers. They need to, you know, cut bait and just trade off pieces. But then when you really think about it, they don't have that many tradable pieces. Because like you said, after Bauer, and I, I do agree that Bauer is probably the likely guy, even though the Indians at this point would be selling low because he was so bad in May. Um, and maybe a trade doesn't happen for, you know, the trade deadline's July 31st. So again, this is all very early, but it's what people are talking about. Um, so maybe he bounces back and his value bounces back. But after that, it's hard to really find the players that would kind of bring back this a return that would help the Indians continue playing well. I mean, Brad Hand is the one that came to mind for me after him, but you're right. Do you trade a, a player that you have under control relatively cheaply um, for, for what you might get for him? I, I can't imagine them getting a ton in return for a, a closer, although a very good one. After them, I mean, do you trade Carlos Santana? I don't know. I mean, it, that would be kind of weird because they just literally traded for him and their offense is terrible and he's been their best hitter this season until Lindor has kind of come around now. Um, so that really, they, they just don't have many assets to trade, do they? No, I, I mean, if you're, if you're talking about, you know, trying to, you know, balance the line between buyer and seller at the major league level, no, not really. They could... They could always choose to dip into their farm system if they wanted to. Yeah, um, it's a it's dangerous. You know, that's, uh, it, it is. It's, it's an aggressive move that, for the most part, hasn't really been their mo. That's kind of why the Andrew Miller trade in July of 2016 was somewhat of a of an eyebrow raiser, just in terms of you know it was a move that Indians hadn't really you know aligned themselves and been known to make for a while, and that Miller added nine million a year in salary plus. It costs them, you know, quite the prospect package. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's always an option if the Indians want to get, you know, very aggressive. But, uh, you know, looking back at how they how they approached uh, the winner, how Anthony and Turnoff, I think, had to approach the winner with the goal of, you know, needing to uh, cut payroll and kind of, you know, spread their resources out a little bit, which is a difficult thing to do while also trying to compete. You know, I just I, I don't think if there's there's a clear path here where something makes complete sense at this point. Um, you know the Indians have a have a tough schedule. You know, uh, as as we pointed out, uh, coming up and uh, pretty quickly. You know, despite there will still be a lot of schedule left, even in, in a couple weeks, you'll, you'll still be able to say that. But the Indian situation might be somewhat clear, uh, one way or another, depending on how things go and if their if their offense can turn things around. But you know, again, it's there is some validity to saying that yeah, there's a lot of baseball left and. 
they've maintained uh, around a 500 record despite all that's gone wrong. However, things continue to trend the wrong way. I think that I think the situation's a little more deep rooted than that. Um, it, it's not quite as simple as that. And I think that you know, that as as each day goes on, it seems like their their chances of you know uh, missing the postseason seem to be increasing every day. Um, which it, when you're in the middle of a of a contention window and coming off a winter in which you know, the club didn't spend money, they didn't bring back Michael Brantley, didn't bring back other guys. You know, that's that's a rough situation to to carry into 2020. Yeah, it re- really is. And man, it, I don't have much else to talk about this week, Ryan. So we we can check out here pretty quickly. But it, it's frustrating, you know. Like I have a story on ESPN pulled up about the MLB draft because I'm a huge nerd, but. There's a there's a story on the side. It's like Christian Yelich and reimagining the five tool player. I I just look at that and think, God, imagine. Remember when the Indians were like talked about as a potential trade, you know, for Yelich before the before the 2018 season. I guess it would have been. Or God, look at what Michael Brantley's doing. Or or anything else. It's it's just frustrating watching the Indians. Is all. Um, Man, what could have been? I yeah. suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a situation where for a couple of years they were hitting on a lot of guys. Yes. And getting you know Austin Jackson on and on and on and on. They were getting really good returns on investment. And again, it's it's something that I've you know I I also wrote over the winter you know leading up to opening day is that I'm not sure Paul Dolan will get quite the credit that I kind of think that he deserves for a period of time between July of 2016 and maybe up to October of last year, where the Indians spent money at rates that they never had before. Uh, they made uh, somewhat aggressive trades that they hadn't really made before. Mm-hmm. They did go for it. That being said, 2019, and as I wrote in either January or February, this was not the right time to, to hit the brakes on that. And that time was coming. The rebuild is coming at some point. Baseball is cyclical, especially in the market that the Indians find themselves in. At, you know, eventually... Uh, you know, you're going to start saving some money. You're going to start trading some pieces off, um, and there are going to be some some down years. That's just that's just how you know this works. Mm. But 2019 was not the year to kind of you know edge into that a little bit and try to spread out resources instead of you know, for example, bringing back Brantley, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who's looked at as a guy that that might be a fit as a as a switch hitter who can play anywhere. You know, helps to maximize your lineup every day, things like that. Um, and it's just it's something where you know all of a sudden the Indians were hitting on on some moves for for quite some time, and then this year not a lot has really worked out. I, you know, outside of the bullpen, like we talked about, you know, there have been some nice surprises there. But uh, Henry Ramirez uh, didn't last more than a couple of weeks. Carlos Gonzalez didn't have the effect that they they were hoping he would, and so things just haven't kind of hit like they've been hoping they would. And then on top of that, the injuries, Jose Ramirez is slumped. Things have just kind of snowballed uh, to where they are. And, um, should there be some regression to the mean in probably a positive way? Sure, but that also doesn't mean that it's going to erase, uh, you know, the, the the gaps that they've kind of opened up. And you know, the Indians have a, have a really tough road ahead in terms of the division. The Twins have been uh, among the hottest teams in baseball with the hottest offense in baseball. And the wild card situation is isn't looking great either. With the Oakland A's have been playing really well. Uh, the, uh, the Yankees just overtook the Rays for the lead in the East. Those are both two really good teams. The Red Sox have overcome their disastrous start, and they've been pretty hot lately. Um, so things are kind of uh, piling up on the Indians with not necessarily a clear 
you know avenue with which to, to try to fix everything and you know, that's that's it's not even june 1st but uh you know the indians it's everything's kind of been looking you know, cloudier and cloudier every day mm. yeah yeah they are uh ryan anything else this week before we get out of here no besides the memory of the lady at the bank laughing at me as i <laughs> ran into the rain no that's it <laughs> well good luck staying dry um Next week, I think, unless something crazy happens with the Indians, and who knows, I think the plan is we'll talk about some young players next week. Maybe we'll talk about Bobby Bradley a little bit if he's not called up by then. Um, And I have a draft. I have an MLB draft uh, want. I'll I'll tell you about it next week because, of course, the MLB draft is is next Monday night. Um, So, Ryan, we'll get into that next week. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening here on Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. Again, we'll talk to you next week.